Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Always, Kyler Ferguson, along with my co-host Reed Bacon. We got a great one. Uh, we talk about Salter, the news of his suspension. Uh, go over some of the numbers for our VFLs in the pro day and what that means. And I share a story about getting body slammed by a first-round draft pick. And Reed shares a story about playing video games with a former Vol and NBA star. So very entertaining, uh, you know. I and I also want to say we're gonna. I'm still working on getting guests. I think I have a few lined up for the future, so that should be uh, fun. And um, yeah, let's start the show. Tie the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score. Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down to the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. So, before we get into the show, got to shout out our main sponsor at Bet Online. Uh, you know, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of the sports action. You know, March Madness is going on. That's in full swing. Uh, but they cover other sports too. NBA, NHL, baseball, anything that's going on right now, they're covering it. Uh, you know, they have you covering all the news, the scores, the odds of every single sport out there. So head to the website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device and to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, welcome in uh, to another episode. Uh, me and my host, co-host Reed here for you. Wanted uh, to start off by saying I apologize uh, for getting a little bit of information wrong on last week's podcast. I Talked about two guys I thought would uh, show out during spring practice, two newcomers. One of them was Byron Young, and the other was Cody Brown. Uh, Cody Brown is no longer on the team. He is in Miami. Way to go, Kyler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am the idiot here, and uh, I will accept that. Um, I was excited for him to be here. But uh, he is no no longer, so wanted to get that correct off the jump. But uh, enough of me being stupid. How how are you, Reed? How, how's everything going, bud? 
Uh, I'm good. Happy Palm Sunday to you and everyone out there. Also, bro, I was giving you a hard time. It, it's so with all the transport portal stuff and this happening, that happening, and people get released, and then one minute you hear they might come back, and then so like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it happens with the Cody Brown stuff. Um, I know you were excited about him just because you like a big old beast running back, but hey, we'll we'll have we'll have another, so it ain't yeah. no big deal. Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll, I mean, we'll figure it out. I think, uh, I think it's just, it's just part of it. Like you said, it's so back and forth nowadays with this transfer portal. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to keep up with. But um, yeah, let's start with the biggest news of the week, which is Caden Salter also being suspended along with the other three guys who were arrested for marijuana possession um so apparently salter was in the room with them i don't know it's very back and forth because you know they're saying it's just a possession charge and that they like you know found them like that but then there's also the story of them breaking into a dude's house so house or apartment apartment whatever okay, but it's okay, okay. but it's it's just so strange. Like how, how is there the assault quote unquote, the break in and the only charge that's happening is a possession charge. I don't quite understand the dynamics of that, but uh, this is not a good football players and we got to get them <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is not a good look for Salter. This is definitely put him at the uh, bottom of the quarterback competition, I would say. And I mean, he still feels pretty confident. I, you know, saw him tweet, uh, I think like Friday, you know, keep that same energy when I'm back out in the field. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if he's just like, Oh, this is no big deal. Um, you know, I'm going to be fine. I'm still going to, you know, be able to compete for a job or whatever, but, a freshman coming in, it's very important to get as many reps as you can. If you're going to miss spring, like, I don't know how long he's going to be suspended, but if you're going to miss spring practice, it's, it's definitely going to hurt you. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, like I was telling you, I actually had a buddy text me a couple weeks back before all the news broke. Uh, and he was, <laughs> he was jokingly texting me saying, Hey, I'm going to be your insider for the podcast. And, 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 to his credit, he went uh, one of two, so he thought uh, Jeremy Banks was one of the guys. Good thing we didn't say anything, but then he did say, "Hey, I think it, you know, Caden Salters reported one of them." And uh, obviously, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not on here to try to break news or anything like that. Um, and I was hoping it wasn't Caden Salter, but it is. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the facts come out. We'll see if they're back on the team. Like you said, that tweet has to be hopefully somewhat of a good thing, meaning that like it, it's not going to go anywhere that uh, criminally or whatever, the charges might yeah. be dropped or they'll get it taken care of or whatever. Uh, yeah. Tough look though. Tough, tough, tough look, but you know, we've talked about it before and uh, you know, hopefully all this um, hopefully honestly that it all goes away and that um, most importantly, the guys learn from it and just don't make dumb mistakes again. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that's what you always hope. Um, you know, I think Nick Saban said it before, like, oh, do you want me to just get rid of the guy? You want me to just send him back home? 
and have him make those decisions in a non-structured place. It's like sometimes you got to give guys second chances and this is their only salvation. Like football is their salvation. It is what gives them structure. I mean, I failed classes at Tennessee. I had to retake classes. And Wait, what? Yeah. What'd you fail at UT? I failed accounting and econ. Bro, no way. <laughs> yeah. Here, I, it, hold on. So the people need to know this. Like, you're, I'm not just saying this. Like, you're a legit smart guy. Like, you were like probably what, like 27, 28 on the ACT, like good grades. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Um, How'd you fail? Were you, you had to be, be like not taking it serious. Yeah. So literally, yeah, I was not taking it serious. Um, got, you know, got a good earful after that happened. Uh, so it was both, both of them were in summer school. Uh, accounting was the June class. Econ was the uh, July class. And accounting, I tried as hard as I could to grasp the information when I was in it, but all my test scores were very low. And uh, like in the 60s. So the final, I had to make like a 78 or 80 to pass the class. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I skipped out on the final. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> For, <laughs> For accounting. This is. This is news to me because, and like, I'm not like making fun of you, but like, you are like a, you know, you're, you're a good guy. Like, you know, you make the right decisions. You do the right things. You did well at Catholic and like a good student. So like, this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of news to me. Because <laughs> hey, you, like you, like I said, you are a smart guy. And so like, I never thought you would have failed, even if you were just, you know, even though when you and Tyler were in those, uh, you and Tyler were in um, um, your Sports master's classes. classes. You know, yeah, you guys were in your getting your master's together. UT, he said that you would just be in there playing Madden every day. <laughs> <laughs> I did play Madden Mobile on my iPad a few times. In class. Yeah, he said that. Um, he said, then the teacher would. He said the teacher would come by and you wouldn't even like look up. Like you would just be playing Madden. <laughs> Look, man, I still got A's in those classes, so. Uh, I know. I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to get deterred from the podcast, but I literally never knew you failed those classes. I, it, and yeah. I knew it had to be because of just, like, not wanting to or not paying attention or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, there's – I think everyone goes through it just um, growing up, becoming an adult. You know, in college, it's like, well, I would rather take a nap or I'd rather – go out and party the night before whatever then go to class right and you start to lose what's important and understanding what's important and you know you gotta get put back on the path and that that wouldn't have happened without structure at Tennessee like structure of being on the football program um and I mean it honestly just you know playing football in general but also playing at the collegiate level, like made me who I am today. And I would, I would want everyone to get an opportunity to just go through one year on a big time football program and just understand what all goes into it and 
the structure that you learn from it. But, uh, you know, I digress. Let's go back to the actual point, not talk about me being an idiot. So sorry to interrupt this amazing show, but got to shout out another one of our sponsors. It is Sunday Scaries. Uh, so I don't sleep very well. Uh, I actually have sleep apnea. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people struggle with stress and anxiety. And, you know, you go to put your head in the pillow and all you can think about is, you know, what did I not say? What I should have said? What actually happened during the day? And it's hard to calm down before you sleep. So it makes sleep really tough for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, there's Sunday Scaries. And it makes a product uh, specifically for overthinkers. Um, and these CBD gummies help to decompress, clear your head, fall asleep. So you can actually wake up and, you know, be a fully functioning human being the next day. So uh, there's no risk to buy. Uh, they offer 100% lifetime uh, money back guarantee. If the product's not for you, uh, you know, that's okay. You'll get your money back. So Sunday Scaries is really relieving stress because there's no stress about a return. Um, I got you a 25% off to prove it. So visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code believe that's B L E A V, uh, for your discount. So it's promo code believe B L E A V for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're freaking amazing and you won't regret joining this squad. Okay. No, no, hold on. Hey, hold, let me say something real quick. No, I think it's a great point um, because, and I'll admit, when Saban came out and said that stuff, it was, oh, yeah, well, it's just because he's a five-star. You don't want to get rid of him. But then as I really thought about it, like, it is true. Um, it, like, if you kick these guys, some of these some of these guys to the curb, like, it really is. Like, this is kind of like their big hope in, in meaning, like, that sounds really bad, but it's like they care so much about sports. So it's like if you do kick them off the team and they don't get to be around good people or a good environment or good structure for three, four, five years, um, and you kind of send them back home, and then they're like, they're like, well, what do I do now? I don't have football. So then they immediately just start making maybe bad decisions because they're in bad areas, or even they don't have to be in a bad area. What if they just – are really bummed out because they lost out on their dream. And then they decide just to go down a, a, a bad, you know, a, a bad road. And, and so I, I mean that meaning like, I don't want to sound like we're talking like everyone's from the streets and bad upbringings and stuff. Cause you could be from a good upbringing, still be really mad at yourself and then go down a dark road. Like, well, I'm not playing football anymore. So I'm going to start drinking or doing drugs or not having accountability for my actions. So no, I, I actually love that Saban said that. Um, and I'll, like I said, I'll admit, I thought he was BSing at first, but I think it's good. And I really do hope that um, all the kids in, in college can have as many opportunities as they can, as long as they're showing that they are trying better. Like with the Jeremy Banks thing, I'm happy that they gave him back on the team. Like, you know, like Jeremy Banks is a fine football player, but like he's not a, like a, a stud, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like he's, you know, one of our ultimately best players. Like Tennessee could have easily yeah. let him go. Tennessee could have easily let him go and been completely fine him not coming back on the team, but it sounded like he did what he needed to do to earn his way back on the team, and hopefully that helped him grow. But anyways, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 
it, the same thing happened with Juwan Jennings. You know, he mm. got kicked off the team and they brought yes. him back, and yes. it was huge for him. And he's now, you know, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I kind of stuff, you, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't get those, you don't get those second chances all the time. So it's it's awesome to see when a guy is able to succeed. And like you were saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know they're from the streets or or they had a bad upper bringing or anything like that. But like, if someone is making those kind of mistakes here in college with structure, with people trying to lead them in the right direction, what kind of mistakes are they going to make without structure, without good mentorship, without any of the nice things that they get when they're here? I mean, it, it's a slippery slope. It can get a lot worse, like you said. Um, so and, I just uh, hope... I just hope they all understand what what they have and how blessed they are and, and be able to bounce back. Let me say, and you made a great point. Um, I forgot to touch on this just a second ago when you said um, you were kind of saying, hey, I wish everybody could go through this and be in the structure of football. I can promise you anyone that's listening that's played really any level of sports, we all know that we were more scared of getting in trouble during a season or by our coach because we knew that meant we were running after practice, we were doing up-downs or bear crawls or plate pushes. I mean, I would have rather in I mean, I would have rather my mom or dad found out about something than being in high school and Mark Pemmer didn't find out about it. Or <laughs> when I went to or when I or when I went to Memphis and I, I missed a workout one time literally just because I overslept and I wanted to quit that day after all the like you know, all the crap we had to do. I mean, bear crawls and sprints and like I said, plate push, like all the nonsense. Like I would have rather, I would have rather done anything but that stuff. So yeah, yeah, it holds us accountable. Yeah, it definitely does. And uh, I think that pit in your stomach is a little different uh, from your coach. It also, they take away, they can take away something that you love so much, which is the sport that you're playing you know, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it just has to be football, like basketball goes through it, you know, soccer, whatever. But like, here's something that you love to do. Here's something that you've loved since you were a kid. Now that you did something bad, I can take it away from you. Yeah. Uh, and also punish you on top of that. So that's always scary. And having good coaches or people that hold you accountable, like you're saying, um, that can mentor you and teach you is huge for a lot of people i mean i'm just going to give you the example of of me my mom and dad got divorced when i was six years old so growing up wasn't always in the picture and i kind of did need mentorship from a man and i got that through my football coaches like i still remember coaches back in the day shout out coach zelliger just being there for me as a kid and helping me understand how to just be a good human being. And a lot of guys need that when they're coming up, if they don't have, you know, a father figure in their life or, um, you know, if the person is in their life, but it's just like kind of absent, that really does help. And, you know, that's not always the experience for everyone. You know, some people are, you know, parents stay together for 60 years, but, I think it truly does help to have someone to look up to. Agreed. Agreed. 
So. All right, to the fun, to the fun stuff. Hit me with uh, hit me with some of these pro day numbers. I got uh, Josh Palmer's pulled up. I couldn't find Trey Smith. I know I'd seen him, but now I can't find him. I know you have him though. Yeah, so uh, we'll go. We'll end on Trey Smith because okay. I want to talk about Trey Smith just as an offensive lineman. But sure, sure. Uh, so we'll start with Bryce Thompson. The only things I was able to find were the forty and the broad jump. He ran a four four seven in the 40 and had a 10 foot broad jump um honestly i was kind of surprised with the four four me too i thought he i thought he was slower than that i thought he was going to be like a four high four fives and maybe a four six so i mean that's awesome for him um looks like he's been working his tail off to get to that speed but a lot of times 40 is uh, technique, like your start can determine, you know, the difference between a 4-4 and a 4-7, like all based off your start. So uh, I wish they would give us more numbers. I literally don't understand why this is such a difficult thing to get numbers from these guys. Like, it makes I mean, it's, no like sense. It, it's like it's like it's freaking Fort Knox, like five years ago, we could look up in the Knoxville news sitting on the paper when it came out or like anywhere on the line and it would say Reed Bacon, four, four, two. He lifted, he did two twenty five like 63 times, <laughs> you know, but seriously, like he would literally have their name and list all their numbers. And, and like, now it's like, it's so secretive, but um, yeah, well, I'll say this. I did not know he ran a four, four, seven. And I agree a thousand percent what you just said. I thought he was going to be a high four five guy. I'm so happy for him. Good for him. The only thing I would have liked to have known about Bryce Thompson is what he was his his stats of what he was listed at. Um, yeah, yeah which, which I would have loved to have seen those. But because I mean, I think like on the like roster for the season, he was five eleven one ninety. I'd like to know if maybe he lost weight, gained weight, if he was actually five eleven, or if he's like five ten, um, or shorter, because. I think DB is the one position where you could be shorter than any other position, but it's, it's not great. Like you want someone who's near six foot as a DB, but you know, um, but yeah, I I'm super happy for Bryce. I, I think that's an awesome 40 time and, and, you know, hopefully he can, he can show out and, and uh, be able to impress some teams enough. Um, and I don't know how they're doing. I guess they're not doing any workouts during this time with COVID and stuff. Uh, you know, cause in years past, all throughout the spring leading up to the draft guys would, you know, get calls from teams, go up there, have a workout before the draft started, or the team would come down and work out with them individually before the draft. And now it only seems like all you can get is what happened on that pro day. So it's, I mean, I feel like there's going to be more misses in this draft than, than in years past. Yeah. Very good point. Um, and I'll say this about Bryce Thompson real quick before we move to somebody else. I, I love the way he plays. Um, and I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you I've watched every snap of his or I've broken down film, but what I can remember watching of him um, I feel like he can actually really, really excel in the NFL at like one of those nickel spots. And nickel is so huge nowadays. Um, 
and, and being a huge Titans fan, like I could see him when we had Logan Ryan or when we had Kenny Vaccaro uh, and we would put them in the slot. And and I don't think Bryce Thompson is going to be a good man corner. Four four seven's great for showing that he can run with people. But like, I just don't remember him playing man very well at UT. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really can't envision him because he's got that, like he's got some swagger. He's got some juice. He's got that little bit of like pit bull in him. That kind of like he's just got a little edge to him, and I love that. Um, and I think coaches are going to love that. And, and and maybe I'm just kind of fanning out a little bit for him right now because I love his play style. But I could really see him, you know, special teams and maybe sub packages and and, and making a, a name for him if he gets in the right in the right position or in the right uh, situation. So I, I like the way he plays. I like that he's hard nosed. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, Josh Palmer which we actually got a good, almost all of his numbers. Uh, so he comes in at 6'1", 210. Um, hand size is 9 and 5 eighths, which is actually pretty good for a wide receiver. Um, no, it's not Hakeem, or what was it, Hicks? Oh, Hicks. Uh, for, that, yeah. That wide <laughs> yeah. receiver on the Giants who had just like yeah, massive hands. Yeah. yeah, North Carolina, yeah. Um, but Josh runs a four-five-three and a four-five-one in the forty, so kind of what I expected. Never saw him as just like a burner. You know, yeah, burner out there on the field. Um, vertical jump is a thirty-four. Broad jump is a ten-four, so ten feet four inches. Uh, runs a four-two-five shuttle and a six-nine-eight three cone, which are pretty good i mean to get as a skill guy you want to get under seven um for your three cone so that's good and the four two five is is pretty good at shuttle so even if he's not as fast straight line speed he can still you know change and direction and, and be able to get shifty with it um it, but you know vertical jump being 34 uh i would expect it to be higher, honestly, I, th I thought he was a better jumper than that. But, I mean, it's it's not a bad time no, overall. No, 34, 34 is still pretty strong, I think. Yeah, overall, I mean, he had he had a good day. And I do think this helps him uh, in the draft process. And a lot of people were saying, like, he won't make it out of the second day. I saw that same – I saw that same – um, article or I was reading something, I guess, Jim Nagy, who does the senior bowl, I think, or whatever he does. Um, he made a comment that Trey and Josh really helped themselves. Like you said, they should make it off the second day, but I don't know how I feel about Josh Palmer. Like I'm really happy for him that he had a pretty good day. Um, I thought he was good at UT. I don't, I don't know. Like, it just surprises me because there's sometimes there's guys I think that will be good in the pros and they don't ever make it. And then there's guys that you're like, they get a shot and then randomly they just pop up on like a Sunday. Like Mark West Callaway is a great, like I thought he was good at UT um, and I thought he was a good player and I was hoping for him. But then all of a sudden you turn on like Sunday night football and he's like getting a few snaps with the Saints. So I'm like, wait, what? So you just never know, and I think a lot of times it's situational. Uh, but the one thing that I will say that sucks for Josh Palmer is this receiver draft is deep, um, and the other thing about it is it's like 
in a, in a little bit of a way, I think receivers, not yet, but I think receivers are going towards that trajectory of running backs where these, these NFL teams just know, like, you know, we, you can kind of get a middle of the road receiver to do the, you know, to, to, to be productive is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So. You don't necessarily need your OBJs out there right. because I mean, the Browns right. were literally better without him. Um, right. And it's like, well, it's, does a wide receiver affect the game as much as the other positions? And was correct. And with salary cap, like, do you really want to pay a Julio, uh, an Antonio Brown, a DeAndre Hopkins, a Devontae Adams, an OBJ, um, you know, Stephon Diggs? Do you want to pay all those guys? I mean, they're great to have, but like, when you got to put your other money in left tackles, uh, deep or defense ends and outside linebackers and corners and quarterbacks. It's just, it's just tough. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, but we'll see. But anyways, yeah, Josh Ballmer, I thought he had a, a pretty good day. Uh, what do you think of his game? Just real quick, I guess, like. I, I always loved, I mean, I thought he was very consistent. Just like one of those guys that we could get him the ball. He'll make the catch. It was, I, I always, like I said, didn't think of him as a burner. Um, thought of him as just a dependable guy, which is okay. good a lot of the times, yeah. more of a possession receiver than anything. Right. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have that great of quarterback play this past year, so it's, like, hard to good point. really say, you know, they performed well in this game or they performed bad in this game. It's like if a quarterback can't get you the ball, if he's fumbling in – you know, the backfield, if he's getting sacked every five plays, it's like hard for you to show out. So that kind of sucks for him, just like getting game film out there. But I still think he performed pretty well this past year. And he felt like someone on the offense that was like, okay, he's an actual good player. Cause there's other right. guys that started and played where you're like, that guy doesn't need to be out there. I'm right. Not name right. any names, but y'all know who <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, um, all right, hit me with Big Trey. Let's hear it. Yeah, so Big Boy comes in at 6'5", uh, 321, which is down in weight from, like, his season weight. Apparently, he was, you know, 330 during the season, so lost a little bit of weight, which is good. I mean, this guy killed it. Ran a 514 and a 511 in the 40, which is very fast for 321 pounds uh 31 inch vertical uh 9-4 broad jump a 7-4-3 three cone which is they said like the top ranked this year of all the linemen and got 32 reps on bench um so i don't know if he actually did the shuttle or not because i wasn't able to find that one, the only little thing that kind of made me question was his hand size was nine and six eighths. And I mean, Josh Palmer's was nine and five eighths. So that's kind of small for a six, five, 320 pound man. What's, but, so what's, um, your, hand, what's your hand size? 10 and five eighths. And his was what? Nine and five. It's oh, six. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So okay. I got a whole inch on, on hand size. So 
I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal, but right. I'm still like, that was just caught your attention. Yeah. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But all of his numbers were awesome. I mean, the 31 inch vertical jump shows his explosiveness. Um, you know, five, one, four for the 40. It's very fast for a guy. Um, and like I said, the three cone was one of the quickest of any lineman and 32 reps on bench. It's, you know, right where you want to be. Didn't you get 32? Um, I did get 32. Yes. Yeah. Thank good you. memory on my part. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was very proud of that one. Cause I was just like Trey said, I was shooting for 30 and was able yeah. to get 32. Um, and that started my day off. So it was, it felt good going into the other events, but uh, yeah, I mean, these numbers, what Trey's put on film, you know, the fact that he's been all SEC, all American, gone through what he's gone through, stand-up individual. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like he should be one of the best guards coming out. And I don't understand he why too. maybe he's not seen that way. Uh, you know, maybe the the blood clots kind of worry people and they don't necessarily want to put him as high. But, I mean, this guy's a road grader. He's smart and he's got all these athletic numbers. It's it's honestly insane, some of the stuff where, he's been able to do. Where do you uh, – wait, where, I see him as the third guard listed, so I don't think that's that bad. I mean, he's the number three guard. Yeah, I know, but I just – I don't know. I just feel like – I guess with guard, you're ne- you know you're never gonna get in the first round, but like if he well I f- no you some guards do go first round, but some yeah some do, but I yeah I mean I just feel like he's a late first early second round pick, and I don't know if he'll actually go there. I think he'll go probably in the third as like a steal, but I think he deserves a little bit higher praise. Well. I think I'm very excited to see where he goes. And I do think the blood clots have to be somewhat of a worry. Now, we all know that the NFL is going to do their due diligence even more some. You know what I mean? Like, they're going way, way into it. So, that probably does hurt him. And then there are a couple other good uh, guards. I think the only people that he's behind is the uh, the one from um, – Wyatt, I think, from Ohio State. And then I think the other one was maybe from Oregon. I I could have that wrong. But um, for the people listening who are just like our average Joes, like myself, um, it's incredible that a 6'5", 321-pound man can do that because I'm like 6'1", 205, 210. And, like, I guarantee he jumps higher than me. He's faster than me. Like, and that's just – it's just people – and I've really understood it, like, when you were going through this process and playing in the league and uh, we had a couple other buddies trying to make it, like, people don't get, like, these guys are the freaks of the freaks of the freaks. Like, I love the little NCAA commercial. It's like 2% of all college athletes will go, <laughs> you know, the only ones that go pro, everyone else will go pro in something else. But, like, yeah, yeah we, we all knew Trey was a freak coming in. It's really nice to have a five-star that lived up to it. Um, I'm happy for his numbers. I'm very excited to see where he gets drafted. I think the other thing that everyone knows about Trey is like, he's just kind of a pro's pro. Like he's already, like he's already a pro, like the way he handles himself, carries himself. Like you think as long as, you know, God willing, his health stays good, like he'll be a 10, 12 year pro and make a great living for himself and 
make a good uh, contribution. Um, I will say this, and this is no knock, and I remember arguing this with some people, but like, and maybe it was because the offensive line as a whole wasn't good. But like, I really, and this is just way too much high expectations, but I literally thought he was going to be like one of those guards, like a like a Chance Warmack that you literally, or, or Quentin Nelson in college, I'm talking about in college, that you would watch a game and they were just mauling people like every play. And like, maybe for me as a fan, that's just not realistic. You can answer that better because there are other really good players, but and, and I get it because I was saying this to somebody and they're like, well, Reed, he didn't give up a sack in like nine million snaps. I was like, I get it. He didn't give up a sack. Then again, he is a guard. So it's a little bit more difficult to give up a sack or a little bit. You know what I'm trying to say? It's it's yeah. easier to not give up sacks as a guard interior lineman. But like I just didn't see him just absolutely maul people like I thought or like I hoped or like I expect. And, um, you know, I remember still when he was like a true freshman down there in the Georgia Tech game, he made, he pulled and like he pulled and was like, I don't know if it was a, a D end or a linebacker, but he just like, he was like a 17 year old straight true freshman and just like killing people. And so I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Cause obviously he was still great, but. Yeah, no, I, I think he still played great. He was the one light spot, like, on our offensive line this past year where it's like, like, yes, like he knows what he's doing. He knows, right. you know, the play, he <laughs> understands football, but you only get so many opportunities to really road grade somebody. I think he still had those because um, okay. I have, I did, you know, see certain plays because that's the difference in guys who have watched a lot of film as you watch your position before everything else and everybody likes to watch the ball but like I'm always looking at the line first and then I and then my view shifts to where the ball goes uh I mean there was a few plays where he's going all the way up until the whistle you know and pushing people over piles and really getting under the skin of some of the defenders so I do think like you said it is easier pass pro as an interior guy you have bumpers on both sides right so um also you know maybe he did give up a sack because he was supposed to pick up a blitzer and the running back ended up doing it and then the running back gave up the sack it's like there are times where a sack might be your fault even though you weren't blocking that guy but because you didn't say something or you didn't pick it up or you didn't realize the defense it can come down to on you Right. Um, well, I'm glad you said, I'm glad you said that though. Cause that's just a fan, me being a fan. And like, obviously, you know, I still watch the game sometimes as like a player or from a coach's perspective. And I try to like, not be like a fan, but sometimes it's just tough. Cause I'm like, all right, run it right behind him. Let's automatically get three or four yards every time. And that's just not realistic, I guess from, you no, know, so, but no, I mean, it all depends on the defense that you're getting. And I think, yeah. The problems we had last year were non-adjustments and just, you know, kind of having that, oh, well, he, you know, he's good. Let's just run it there. Or, well, this is how I drew up the offense. It doesn't matter if a guy can't necessarily make that throw. You know, it doesn't matter the guy's skill level at right. wide receiver or skill level at running back or skill level at quarterback or skill level at tackle this should work because it's my offense versus their defense. And it's like, yeah. no, that's not like, 
you have to win one-on-one matchups. You have to be able to perform as an athlete. And that's what gives me a lot of hope with Hypel because they've said over and over, we are going to adjust to what we have. We have to figure out what we have first, and then our right. offense is going to match that. So that's what makes you really happy about that moving forward. And here we are again with another sponsor. Uh, it is eBay. So eBay is the original sneaker marketplace. If you're looking for rare de- dead stock or you know the latest releases in sneakers, they are the place to go. It's the only place that you should be going. Um, eBay has an authenticity guarantee. So your sneakers are meticulously inspected and uh, you know they go through the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Uh, each sneaker also gets an authenticity guarantee tag, which uh, includes a digital stamp of authenticity and it also protects sellers with a verified return process eBay is also helping sellers, if you are a seller out there, they have eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more. So it's really easy to sell shoes online. Um, so go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Hey, let me let me jump in real quick. So I want us to I want us to do the best we can to try to be a little bit different, give these fans a little bit different perspective. So to my knowledge, uh, there's no other UT podcast that I can ask this question to or even media covering. But like how how was how was it going through pro day like that had to be one of the most nerve wracking things ever. And like one other thing, I don't want to go too terribly long today. So I kind of want to bring this back in the summer but I want to hear about the training for pro day and the training for the combines. Like I said, I don't want to jump in that right now, but just how, how, how nerve wracking was it that day? Like, and just give us a quick rundown of what the day kind of was like. Yeah. Uh, very nerve wracking. Um, even more so for me, cause I didn't get to play in, uh, like a senior bowl bowl game thing afterwards. Um, which I don't, it was very confusing. It was like they did like some of them didn't realize that I was available to come and then didn't invite me. And I was just like, okay. Cause I didn't quite understand. I, I you know, I was all SEC my last year and thought, you know, okay, I'll get an invite to one of them, you know, maybe not the Reese's like senior bowl, but another one anyways. Um, so this was like my only opportunity to like put something out there and yeah, I mean, it was, it was very nerve wracking, just trying to feel my absolute best at that time, you know, leading up to it was just eating really healthy, making sure my weight was exactly where it needed to be. Um, what was your weight? 305. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I probably lost around 10 pounds after the season because uh, I was probably like 315 playing. Um, so 305 was like, that was my aiming point, uh, you know, needed to be 6'4". And like, you're trying to stretch that neck out as much as you can. I was right on the line, 6'4". Um, and it, yeah, you just felt like, okay, this is my only opportunity to really show anything. And I prepared so much 
for different drills I might do because like your position drills is very important oh, yeah. too. Right. And I did stuff for like five minutes and it wasn't even that position specific. And it's like, dang it, man. Like I, I put in so much effort. I felt like I could have given more, which kind of sucked. Um, and I wasn't quite Where did happy. You train? Where'd you train I, before it? I trained at Tennessee. Like I stayed there and trained with our strengths, our strength staff and was there every morning, uh, you know, doing either speed drills, lifting everything I could. And then in the afternoon I was doing my classes cause I was still in school and no, right. graduate that May. Um, who was doing your the, nutrition stuff? I, I mean, we still had nutritionists on staff and I would talk to her about things, but I was kind of doing it myself. You know, I'd yeah. stop, stop drinking. Um, like that th whole three month period, uh, you know, all home cooked meals, um, you know, staying away from sweets, making sure I had a veggie, a carb and a meat on my plate <laughs> and just, yeah, just watching what I ate, kind of. Um, and your, I thought, I, I thought something, that, I thought something that was pretty neat too. Is remember your agent told you to grow your beard out to try to make oh, you yeah. look like, yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, yeah, just grow your beard and your hair because you want to look the part. Also, just like look mean <laughs> at all times. So I did do that. I grew it out as as, as much as I could, and then I got married in July of that year and uh my wife was not gonna have me with long hair and a beard and it was an ugly looking beard too uh so yeah, i had to shave i had to shave all that off cut my hair make it look nice and then regrow it again um going into that season of playing and stuff but uh yeah no i i think that i honestly do think that matters sometimes we're like okay well he actually looks like an offensive lineman yes um but yeah it was overall it was a good experience uh you know there was numbers that i wish i would have done better you know i ran like a 5-3 on the 40 and i felt like i could have gotten faster like in the five twos and i felt like i didn't have that good of a start and my 10 yard split was slow. Um, but I was happy about my bench. I got 27 on vert, which I was happy with. Uh, I got 811 on my broad jump. I wanted to get past nine, but, uh, and then, you know, one of uh, the shuttle, I got a four seven, which I was very happy with. Um, and felt that was really fast for me. And honestly, for offensive linemen, it is, it is pretty fast. So I was, I was happy with that one, but, but I got like a seven, seven on the three cone, which was not my best, but. Uh, do you, yeah. do you think, honestly, do you think if you had gone to like one of these places in Florida, Arizona, California, Georgia, and, and trained um, for two months and you just basically lived there, they cooked all your meals, they, you know, did all your workouts. So you'd go in in the morning and do 
agility and speed stuff and then in the afternoon do strength like do you think not doing like one doing not doing one of those could hurt you uh i really don't know because i don't know how much difference it would have made like i don't know so like you so much. you're the, the strength people at ut you felt like they helped you with like your 40 start like they helped you with all your techniques and stuff yeah i mean we yeah, yeah we were working on that constantly i i mean i had to stay at tennessee because i was still doing classes so it was like I right. couldn't really go anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if it really would have made that huge of a difference. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel like if you're putting in work and, and obviously your strength staff knows what they're doing, like they're a college right. strength staff. It's like, they're just as experienced as the, as the other guys. So I felt like I had a good opportunity to get everything I needed. And it was, I was lucky that I had them there, honestly, because okay. I had to stay at UT. So I was lucky that I had them there to help me out and uh, help me perform at my best. But okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a, it's a nerve wracking day. It's also very relieving when you get done with it. Went ate stock and barrel, had a double cheeseburger, fries and a beer and it was so good <laughs> after, you know, going three months of eating pretty clean and no drinking and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, Look, I think it's, what well, did you see? Experience. I mean, it had to be, it had to be pretty intense to see like these GMs that you see these, these coaches that are all right there next to you. Like what coaches or GMs did you see that you're like, Oh, yikes. Uh, so, uh, the McKenzie's were there. Khalil's, Oh, right. And, uh, right. Um, Mike Tomlin was there. Tomlin, yeah, yeah. He always comes. Uh, always. For some reason. He's always there. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Nick Casario was there, who's yeah. the GM now, because he was at the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I can't quite remember who else. I mean, a t like scouts that you don't really know sure. who they are, but you, you know, they're wearing an Arizona shirt or a, right. You know, but, uh, honestly it's a distraction. So you try and block it out and like, not look at them. Yeah. Valid. valid and like, not like, not let them know that you're looking at that. Like, it's yeah. very weird. It's like, you know, when you see a, a girl at the bar and you're like, don't look over at her. I don't want her to, <laughs> you know, think I'm, you know, <laughs> interested in her but i am interested in her but i wanted to know that i'm you know not and you try trying to play this game it's like the same thing with like these 40 year old men with notepads and a pen like oh i'm not interested but i am interested but like <laughs> i want you to hey. look at me but like not look at me it's it's weird hey those those 40 year old men with them notepads i'd much rather have some attention from them than some <laughs> smoke show at the bar <laughs> yeah yeah all right let's <laughs> Let's get into the big orange juice. I'm 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 so excited for this today. Okay, One of my I best know. stories. Okay. <laughs> yes, Reed has been talking about this for a couple of days, so he he is excited to share. Uh, one of his stories. So big orange juice. Would you like me to tell my story first, and we end on yours, or would you? Yeah, like to yeah, go yeah, first? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go first. You go first. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell a story about me getting in a fight with pretty much the entire defensive line at practice. Um, 
So this is senior year. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was during the season, later in the season. Um, we are doing a team drill. I am, uh, trying to reach block Latroy Lewis and he sticks his face or sticks his hand up in my face mask, you know, tries to do the lockout thing that defensive linemen do. And literally it's just in my neck, in my chin, in my face mask, pushing my head back. And I was just pissed. I was pissed off that he did that. Uh, I was mad that he was doing that. Like, Hey, if you beat me, if you put it in my chest and like, I can't block you because you got it in my chest and you're beating me that way, props to you. But if like you're doing some cheap stuff and like, that's how you're able to stop the run that we were planning on doing or stop the play, it pisses me off. And I mean, I do regret this because it was, it's my teammate. I shouldn't have freaked out like I did, but, uh, so he did that to me. Um, then the ball went outside. There became a pile uh, behind him. He tripped, and on his way down, I threw a knee at him. Whoa! So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I do not feel good about this. I, I still, I still regret this to this day, and Where'd apologize. You throw a knee? What do you mean? What do you mean you threw a knee? Where'd you hit, hit him with the knee? I aimed for his head. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like as he was falling, I was like, yeah, like that, yeah. trying to hit him. Um, and obviously, that was uncalled for, uh, low points for Kyler, but uh, everyone else saw it too. So the other dudes alignment were not happy with me. Um, you know, Latroy got up, he wasn't hurt or anything. Uh, you know, he's got a helmet on. So Detroit got up, Kendall Vickers came over, um, someone else, I can't remember. And we started swinging and they were swinging on me and I was swinging on them, but it was like three or four of them and just one of me. And I really don't remember anybody trying to help. Where, yeah, where the hell is the other offensive lineman? I don't know. They were probably like, yeah, you are an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But, uh. Um, I mean, they, they yeah, can at so, least come and just try to break it up. They don't have to be uh, soft yeah. as baby doo-doo. I think eventually they did. But so I'm like trying to swing on people. They're swinging on me. And then I feel someone from behind grab my stomach, like around my stomach. Yeah. And I'm like, like, what the, like, who the heck is this? Like, are they trying to break it up? And they pull to try and pick me up and they don't because I'm 320 at this point. Yeah. And they like pull to try and pick me up and they can't. And I'm still on the ground and I'm trying to like go forward and punch. And again, they get a little bit lower. They pull, pick me up and turn and flip me over and bring me on the ground. It turns out it's Derek Barnett. He got onto the other side of me to do that, to pick me up and put me on the ground as like part of the fight. So, so yeah, he wasn't trying to break it up. He was still trying to like. No, he was still trying to fight me. So he gets, so he puts me on the ground. He gets over on top of me and starts trying to swing. I immediately grab his helmet, his face mask 
and start trying to do uppercuts onto his chin because <laughs> that's the only place that you can actually hit. Right. Uh, and then, so he's on top of me doing the same thing and I, I'm, I'm punching up, he's punching down. And then after that, people came over and like grabbed him, grabbed me, tried to split it up. Um, and who knows, maybe it was cause they didn't want Derek getting hurt, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, that was a pretty awkward situation because uh, I knew I was in the wrong. Um, and, you know, going over and apologizing to Troy and the rest of the defensive line was pretty awkward. And I made sure and put my helmet on and tighten it up real good when I went over there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I still regret that. But just to let people know, fights happen all the time. And it's not a bad thing. And – I think it's stupid that coaches try and hide that or hide that fights happen uh, because it's, it's, it's part of football. And if you think a guy gets out of line, and goes too far, you know, like a stepping on a face or, you know, something cheap. Okay. Yeah. Punish the guy, let everybody know I'm punishing him because he did a cheap move in a fight. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but like the whole, he fell on a helmet kind of thing. I mean, just say that he got in a fight. Oh, right, 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 right. You know right, what right, I mean? Right. Or maybe like yeah, someone yeah, yeah. someone hit him with a helmet because yeah. they don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, but just, yeah, just roll with it. And so, so real, so real quick, um, that happened. You apologize. Um, what, what did, how long did it take for you to calm down after that? Did you like immediately like, like 30, 45 seconds to a minute and then went over there. Cause I know you, I know you probably felt pretty bad pretty quick, but or like, or was it like later at the end of practice or when did you go apologize? No, it was, I mean, it was right then pretty much. Yeah. So they, they broke up the fight. Um, like, okay, everyone like no more team period, go to individual. Yeah. And like, we were literally over individual not doing anything like we weren't going through drills we we're just like standing there getting water and so was the defensive line and you know i just the pit in your stomach of guilt and i'm just like i i shouldn't have done that like i need to go apologize and it was just like hey look I, i'm sorry that was you know bs of me to do you're my teammate. I should, you know, that's a cheap thing. I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, he was like, yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? I was like, I completely agree. This is, this is completely on me. I'm sorry that I did that. Just wanted to tell you, but. Uh, so what do you say? How did, how did it end? What do you end up saying? Just like, yeah, man, don't be stupid. Like we're teammates. Okay, so he didn't ever. He wasn't like, "Hey, man, thanks for the apology. It's all good." He just killed. He no. still wanted to kind of rub it in, type deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he wasn't going to be like, "Oh, yeah, it's all good." No, he was like, "Yeah, you're an idiot." Yeah, um, I'm like, "Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll take that one." Uh, and then you know, awkwardness, I guess, between us throughout Rip. the season and not really like talking, but. People don't understand you kind of get a divide between the offense and defense when you're practicing so much against each other. And it's like, I'm trying to beat you 
right all of these drills so there is kind of a divide that does naturally occur um it's just competition it's just competition it's just, it yeah, is it's just it competition is. and sometimes it goes a little too far yeah well it, it happens uh wh- who was the coach then they had to start yelling and saying break it up break it up oh yeah it was happened. yeah it was butch yeah yeah what, yeah yeah that does make sense yeah Oh, Butch didn't want DB getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, I was also the only yeah, I know. Off, offensive, offensive lineman. lineman that had played the entire year. Everybody else had been either hurt or got sat or, you know, I was literally the only one that had played every game up to that point. So, uh, yeah. no, I'm no, I'm joking. He, he knows he can't lose his best offensive lineman and then a, you know, first round draft pick either in Derek yeah. Barnett. I mean, he used to when he first when we first when he first got there, he used to say like, and he did it like if people got in fights, they'd break it up immediately and then make them go circle of life against each other. Oh, okay. And just like keep doing circle of life until they were just worn the hell out and be like, oh yeah, are you are you done fighting now? I'm like, right. no, honestly, that's a that's a good tactic. Sure. Because sure. people yeah. would be like, I don't want to get in a fight because I don't want to do circle of life. Right, right, yeah. So, that makes sense. But uh, let's get, yeah, had to uh, diminish myself there for a second. But uh, let's get into your your juicy story. See what all you right, for us. all right. Here it is. So this is like this is like one of the yeah. This is it's a really cool story. It's a really neat story. It's something I'll remember forever. And I can give a name too. So that's that's the cool part. So um, I, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to tell the story that happened. I got to play, uh, it was actually PS4, but I would play video games with CJ Watson, who was like, you know, star point guard when he was here, like one of the best players on the team and the basketball team when he was here. And how that happened was, is so when we, when my family moved back to Knoxville, we, as we were looking for a home to buy or like to move into or whatever, we moved into an apartment. It was Wendover Apartments in West Knoxville. And so that's where we lived. So I was in seventh grade. So this was probably like 2005. Um, and I'm going to basketball games with my, with my good buddy, uh, Jack Gillespie, who um, was like a ball boy and his family always had like good seats and stuff. So anyways, one day after the, I think it was like after a UT Florida game or another game, we get to go back to the back area and wait out there for the players to come out. And so we're back there, we're getting autographs, we're getting pictures, you know, like living the dream for like a seven-year-old or a seventh grader. And so a girl comes out and I recognize her and I'm just, I'm weirdly good with like faces. Like I'm just, I I can see someone's face and like spot them out. Well, I go back to think, I'm like, I recognize that girl from, from window or from the apartments where in the summer I had recognized her at the apartments or whatever. And so, and she's a UT cheerleader. And so me, I'm just like talking to her, like whatever. And like me being me, I'm like, Hey, like, don't, don't you live? At, at, and, you know, she's like, yeah, very friendly, very nice girl. So CJ Watson comes out, obviously I'm like CJ, like, and I want to get his autograph, get a picture with him. Well, he starts talking to this girl, what is actually, I guess like his girlfriend or whatever. And I was like, wait, what? And so like, we were talking or whatever. And I guess just awkwardly, put him on the spot was like hey do you live at Wendover Apartments and 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 CJ Watson was a very quiet guy but he's a super nice guy and he was like kind of smiling and grinning he's like yeah I do and I was like oh my gosh like that's so awesome I was like I live there too and like so anyways like we're talking now 
I have no idea how I remember how I knew what apartment what apartment number he was. And I don't know if the girlfriend told me or CJ told me, but bad idea on his part. Because like <laughs> super, super, super nice guy. And so like get the autograph that night, get to talk with him. Of course, like go home later. I'm like, tell my mom and dad, I'm like, dude, CJ Watson lives here, yada, yada. I knew his apartment number. So I ended up writing him like just a little handwritten note and, 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 and taped it to his door. It was like, Hey, Mr. Watson, like, this is Reed. I met you at the game. Like, um, like hopefully this isn't weird, but like, if you ever want to play like Xbox or video games together, like that would be so awesome. Like call, call this number. Well, this was, this was before, like, not before cell phones were around, but like before they were as big a deal now where like every like second, third grader has like their own iPhone. So like, yeah, I didn't no. even, I don't even think I had a cell phone at the time. Call, so call I gave the landline. The call the landline. Right, exactly. So I gave him the landline number to the apartment. Now, true, true story. So uh, Ryan Alley and I, so one of my buddies, he was over that night, and we we put the note up there. Well, we were on the fence about going to a Sacred Heart Middle School dance. We're like, do we really want to? <laughs> do we really want to go? Do we want to stay here? Whatever. We decide to go to the dance. We come back from the dance. My mom's like, you will never guess who called. And I was like, what? And my mom had my mom had no idea who C.J. Watson was. She, oh, and she, no. just told, she tells the funny story that he calls and she realizes it's like a grown man calling and asking for her son. And he called and he goes, Hey, is Reed there? And she's like, Well, no, Matthew's calling. She's like, He's like, This is CJ Watson. And she's like, Who the hell is CJ Watson? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we come back and she tells Ryan and I, We're like, What? He calls? We're like, Bro, I'm telling you, I was sick to my stomach. I was freaking out. So, anyways. <laughs> fast forward the story i write another note i'm like hey we weren't home like we're so sorry we missed it can, can you hit us up again or whatever and he did and i was home and jack and i who had actually met him the first time go and we play ps4 with him or ps2 and it was like the coolest PS2. it was like the coolest thing in the world bro first off we walked into his apartment and his apartment was sick so I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that he was getting improper benefits because honestly his parents could have been wealthy or wealthy enough to like, or even his scholarship check could have been enough to pay for, you know, an eight nine hundred thousand dollar room apartment. But like, I'm talking super dope TV, like just really really nice couch. Like I mean, it was it was not a college apartment. I can say that. And so we go in and he's like, y'all want to play, you know, March Madness, the college basketball game. So we sit down, we're playing March Madness, the basketball game. And it's like, it was kind of even weird for us because we're like, we don't want to be like lame and annoying. But then like he, like I said, he's a quiet guy. So he's definitely doing it just to be nice. But it was just like yeah. a little bit, a little bit awkward. But the two things I always remember, besides how nice he was and how cool it was, was he had at that time, he had two cell phones. And this man is sitting on the couch just – and this is the other thing I remember. He was incredible at video games. Now, maybe it was because <laughs> – now, we thought we were good at video games. He was incredible. Yeah. I think he beat me, like, legitimately, like, like 101 to, like, 40 in the college basketball March Madness. So, like, A, he was really good at video games. But, B, he had two cell phones. And the whole time almost we were there, that one, there was one cell phone that was just blowing up. And he's answering it and talking to get to people. And then he had one of those ones that you flipped open and it was like the long keypad looking thing. And it was like, he was almost like one of those sidekicks that you would text on. So this yeah. man was beating our butt in, in PS2, talking to people and then texting probably girls. I mean, it was like incredible. Like 
how he could rotate the three. But anyways, really, really cool story. That is why Reed now has three cell phones. So well, minor, can... Yeah, yeah, minor for my work. But, hey, I do feel cool <laughs> like C.J. Watson. But, yeah. um, but anyways, it was just a really, really, really cool memory. It was a really cool thing, and it was really awesome that that girl – I think that the, the cheerleader – that I saw, we recognized so nice, so freaking nice. And then she was like, I think she even was like, Hey, do you want to meet CJ? And so when he came out, we were yelling, she like took us over. We met him, we talked and that's when I asked him. If he, so she was great, but it was just one of the coolest stories ever. Um, I'll, 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 I'll remember that forever. Honestly, it was, it was, it was really neat. So I mean, awesome that he, you know, even as a college student was like, I will hang out with these seventh graders to yes. make their life. You know what I mean? Like it's not yes. like, like just to be a nice person. So shout out CJ. Shout um, out CJ Watson. I, and if he's on Twitter, I need to reach out to him and just like DM him and be like, Hey, thanks. Like what? Like, but anyways, yeah. Super, yeah. super cool of him. And like, and the thing you said were, it was like, we thought we were good at video games. I had one of those same experiences. Like I thought I was good at NCAA and I went on an official visit to Tennessee and played Juwan James. And I was I played with Tennessee and he played with Southern Miss and beat me by like three or four touchdowns. Yeah. Like just oh yeah. Kicked my butt. And I thought I was legit. College, hey, college kids college kids are different when it comes to video games because that's all <laughs> they can do is practice, play, and then play video games. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think everyone gets that wake up call when, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when they step up to the plate. But uh, that is awesome. I'm I'm glad that he was nice enough to do that and just like down to earth kind of guy. Yeah, and, and, and let me say this: and we went over there probably like two or three times. So he it wasn't like a one time thing. Guy was incredible to us, and it was uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Can't believe you missed that first one. Oh, bro! Idiot! I was, I was so sick in my stomach. I was like, "Dude, he's never gonna call again." But no, he was great. It was awesome. So. All right. Well, that's the big orange juice. Um, hope those stories are pretty entertaining for everyone. Uh, and that's the show. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, you know, like and subscribe on YouTube. Rate and subscribe on all the podcast platforms you might listen. Uh, you know, let friends and family know what we're doing you know, share our stories with them. Maybe they'll get, get a kick out of it. Uh, follow me on social media at Kyler Curbison, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same. Um, send questions or, you know, comments you might have to uh, believe in Tennessee football at gmail.com or our phone number at 865-322-9232. And uh, we'll answer some questions for you. So appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, I guess that's it. As always, go balls. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.